0: So for this episode, I'd like to welcome my friend Hank Pellisier. He is the head of the Brighter Brains Institute, and uh, that's an institute that uh, essentially, I mean, it, it has to do with transhumanism, etc., um, whole kinds of other things. But really, the reason I have him on the show today is all about his work that he's been doing in Uganda to help out kids at... Um, really at orphanages and also at schools there by effectively building the orphanages and schools. So, uh, Hank, welcome so much to the show.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
0: So what is Brighter Brains doing in Uganda currently? What are the projects overall?
1: Well, I think we have quite a few um, projects. I'm, I'm going to divide them into uh, two areas. The uh, the Atheist Humanist projects and the other ones that that are that help Ugandans that that you know either are relig- that are religious um, and most of our activities either take place in uh, a small town called Charumba or in a town called uh, Kasisi in like sort of the suburbs of Kasisi um, the reason I got involved in Uganda uh, uh, let's see, I have a I have a friend from years ago. I used to work at salon.com. I was a, a writer for salon.com. And I have a friend who was also a writer there. And he suddenly he suddenly quit the United States and he went and he joined the Peace Corps. I think he was 56 and he joined the Peace Corps and he lived in Uganda and for two years. And I thought that was really fascinating that somebody sort of dropped out of Northern California. Uh, his name is Doug uh, Cruikshank. So I contacted him and and he was you know he's there in Uganda, and he and so I had a contact there. I had somebody I could go visit and somebody who could connect me to a lot of people there. Uh, I sort of contacted him right as he was leaving, and he was replaced by another Peace Corps person named Sarah Costagnola, and she turned out to be somebody who was very uh easy to to connect to as well um, just through email and she set me up with a lot of people there but i think but my main contact there actually turned out to be uh a man a Uganda named Bwambali Robert Musubaho, who you're in contact with as well. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely amazed when I found out that he had started these the, these atheist primary schools in Uganda, uh, which are only about uh thirty miles away from Cherumba. So I suddenly found out that in western Uganda I had three really good contacts in in a very small area and, a, and it was very easy to get there so so i've ever since then i've been working in both uh cherumba which is a religious little town and with uh uh with uh Wambali robert who's probably he's, he's gotten you know most of our most of our attention and most of our funding so what we've done for uh, what we've done for him, what we're doing right now is we've already set up Um uh, Bezoha is an uh, orphanage and an orphanage school. And that, that school has only opened. Uh, it's only been operating for about two weeks. It just opened like two weeks ago. It's wildly <laughs> successful, I would say. I just got an email from him. Uh, I think it was yesterday. So he has 148 students now. Wow. In grades. Uh, preschool to uh, sixth grade. So he has 148 students. The school can probably hold, I'm going to say 250. Um, But he's doing great for just opening the doors and getting 148 students. And and just
0: to set some context here, so in Uganda, this is the country with the kill the gays law and mm -hmm. the evangelical Christian I guess it's like almost like a lobby there now. I mean, they're almost kind of in charge. I mean, they they've got a lot of influence there. Um yeah, for for a country like that um to have to open a a an orphanage that is openly atheist, right? So, like just basically, it is it is just that way. It's like it's like opening a it's like the Lutherans or something opening a college except uh, uh, an orphanage. Except this this in this case the the organization happens to be atheist.
1: Yeah, I mean we advertised it as you know the world's first atheist orphanage um, because it is because there's no other orphanage. It just tacks on the word atheist. Uh, Bombali actually prefers to use the, use the word humanist. Um, I. I—that's just a word that's used in uh, in Africa a lot more. I think maybe it comes from the British or something like that, or it's just a word that he's more comfortable with. Um. So, so that's one thing. Uh, what we're what we've also done is um, uh, we're studying another school. We call it. Some people call it Bazoha too. I call it, you know, Kahandera, Kahandera uh, Nursery School. There's a fishing village which is only about. A ten-minute drive away from Bezoha. and it's a it's a rather wretched place. I've been there three times, and we've decided to put in a, a school there as well. Uh, that community has a lot of problems: um, drugs, prostitution, uh, alcoholism, high rate of cholera, uh, AIDS malaria it has it's actually out of all the places i've been in in uganda it's it's actually the most wretched place it's
0: like it's like they they can check everything off their list basically it's yeah it's brutal situation bingo
1: yeah yeah it's actually quite a disturbing place Um, and then our our next project we'll probably start i'm going to say in a in a couple of months we're gonna we're gonna buy some land in another town called kalembe which is uh in the foothills of the Ruanzori Mountains. It's a pretty well-known backpacker's spot. It's a destination spot. You go there, and then you hike out of there into the mountains. We're going to buy some land in Kalembe, and we're going to start a uh, vocational school. It's a sort of a vocational high school. And we're going to offer a lot of uh, sort of shop classes and tailoring and a variety of... So basically, something we're going to offer career paths for, for kids there. And it'll be something that he can send by now. Um, after we get, well, Bwambali now has three primary schools.
0: Yeah. Which is amazing.
1: Yeah. It's time for him to have a secondary school so he can send his kids there.
0: So, and the, and this secondary school also can kind of feed back into the primary school because any graduates presumably can be helpful as alumni to the school. I mean, that's if they can start building some sort of living, they can maybe contribute back again.
1: Yeah, that would, that would be great. One thing I want to do is, is mention um, that Brighter Brains has, a, has a, an amazing fundraiser in Christy Brabinder. Uh, she uh, lives in Delaware, and she's the secretary of Brighter Brains. And she does probably 90, 95, 98% of the fundraising now. She's absolutely amazing. She set up a website called bazoha.org. right? And uh, yeah, and so she is she she deserves the credit for sending you know all of this money uh, to Wimbale. Um The other thing is uh, one thing I think that Brighter Brains does um, is we offer uh, more transparency and more contact than any other any other uh, nonprofit I can think of. I think a lot of people when they donate money. They, they they might get a thank you note and then they won't hear from the organization until uh, the next time that organization wants their money they'll probably get an email. But Guambali uh, is extremely good at this. Like if somebody donates uh, say a thousand dollars to name a classroom, uh, probably three or four times a week he will send in a batch of photographs uh, showing you know the building in progress. And so and then what I do at Brighter Brains is I set up a, a a specific channel uh, named after the person who donated the money, and I write all these articles about how the progress on their classroom is coming along. And so they can go anytime to brighterbrains.org and go to their particular channel and see all of, all of the progress and see what has been going on with their money, you know, brick by brick. Uh, there are some people who have 50 articles written uh, that are recording the progress of their various. Um, projects. And I, I think people really, really like that. So instead of, you know... That,
0: that's like instant, uh, you know, an instant feedback. And yeah. it's better than just... Exactly. It's better than just sending it out to the organization, some more uh, amorphous organization. And uh, yeah. that's something I did for a while on my blog, too, is I, I would cover it. And uh, Bambale has an excellent way of just taking pictures. And you're going to see... Um, you're just going to see each building being constructed and he gives us he'll give you feedback on on what's going on and mm-hmm. uh i mean uh you've got the pen pals you've got all kinds of things um mm-hmm. just just so i don't forget what what's the site again can you
1: spell it out for us bazoha b i z o h a .org
0: so and for the canadians in the audience b i z o h a dot o org dot org there uh-huh. we go and, yeah. and and so um just to go back quickly because I think some I'm I'm pretty sure that the majority of our audience probably knows a little about this already perhaps but uh, just for the general audience if we get some general listeners out there when you say um atheist school or atheist or, um orphanage. Mm-hmm. What, what do you? What do we mean by that? Really, um, does that does that mean that people are are sitting down and, and, and the teachers is, is whipping out a, uh, some some handouts to teach them all about atheism? Is that what it is, or or is it just is it something else?
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's it's something else. Uh, basically, the, the notion of a secular school, uh, like that we have in the United States, where a public school system is secular. Where it's not aligned with any religion, that's a pretty. um, It's a very rare uh, situation in Uganda. Uh, Uganda, as you know, is not a not a wealthy country. So basically, when the country achieved independence, uh, I'm I'm guessing around 1965, uh, it was determined that the two main churches, the Catholics and the Anglicans, would basically run the school systems. So my understanding is that uh, even in the public school system. the, the kids are required to read catechism every day, so so basically every school is in Uganda is is religious. It's a, uh, and and then of course when you go there you find out that most most people don't actually want their kids in the public school system because the because the classrooms are overcrowded and by overcrowded I mean I mean numbers like 150 or 200 kids squeezed into one room, uh, so people try to get their kids into a private school. And now when they try to get their kids into a private school, what they're talking about is either an Anglican or a Catholic school. No, so this becomes problematic because, uh, like say we, last time I was there, we hiked way up into the mountains and we found a little tiny Anglican school. Uh, it was, I'm going to say about, I think it was about five hours from any road and we get there and, uh, we walk into a classroom at primary school, and uh, he's he's teaching uh he's teaching Adam and Eve, and he's teaching like, he's teaching his history, he's teaching uh Cain and Abel, and he's teaching like um and he's also teaching something about that the whole Ishmael story and about how Ishmael became like an Arab and later a Muslim or something like this. Anyway, he's teaching all of this to the kids.
0: All as, this far out stuff.
1: Yeah, as historical fact. Uh, I sh- it's uh, uh anyway, so the amount of you know, uh, secular schools in Uganda, as far as I can tell, is is less than ten, and it might only be like five or six. It's the ones that are set up by the, the humanists of Uganda. There's a there's a um, Isaac Newton High School in Masaka. There's a Mustard Seed uh, Middle School, which is also near Masaka, and then Bombali has. He had two campuses in Kasese, and then he's got his Bazoha, which is outside of Kasese in a town called Muhokia, and then he's going to have the Kahandero. So that, that only adds up to six you know, six schools that aren't, um, where religion isn't taught as a...
0: Out of a country of millions, right?
1: Yeah. I wanted to mention a couple things about why um, secularism is important uh, in, in, in Uganda, uh, here's an example. Uh, this is actually a, a life-and-death situation. Um, Brighter Brains, aside from schools, we've also set up It's either 13 or 14 clinics. And our clinics actually uh, are, are, well, not all the clinics, but the ones that are affiliated with Uh, uh They offer condoms, and they offer uh, uh, sex, sex education. Now, it's kind of amazing that you have Uganda... Which has a really high AIDS rate and a really high rate of uh, unwanted pregnancy and that kind of thing. Um, and it doesn't really people don't actually use condoms so so you take it to a little town like Kahandero, which has a high rate of AIDS, and no condoms, and you can see this is a completely insane and dangerous situation. but because of the religion there, condom use is not is, is not encouraged, it's condemned. So uh, this is a life and death kind of problem, so we do offer that um, we, we also just last week we offered uh, we got some pads, which are sanitary napkins for the, for the girls because it's it's another problem when girls just sort of drop out of school when they start getting their period because they they don't want to go to school uh, they don't have any you know they don't want to bleed in school so they just stay home and then they end up just dropping out because they missed like three or four days of school so we're trying to like you know keep girls in school keep kids from getting aids keep keep parents from spreading aids to each other uh yes and that's all about and that's all about being a secular there's there's a a list of of humanist what it means to be a humanist? Brambali has it at all of his schools. I think it's a list of about 10 things, and only one of those 10 things says, uh, says that they are not well, you know, humanists are not um, humanists are rational. they're not superstitious. they don't believe in uh, false beliefs that are unproven by science. So only one out of those 10. The other, the other things are a lot of them are they're about peace and ecology, and that's those sorts of things. But this is still a huge step forward because you don't have to just decide that you're a, a religious person who, um, and that's all you believe. You just believe in in prayer. Um, I, I've been to Uganda twice now, and it's I can't tell you how many people. I'll just be in like a what seems to be a normal conversation, and then they'll just say something like, um, "But I really want to go to this college, and so I've been praying every day and and I'm sure I'll get in, uh, you know, things like this. Uh, and, they, and they actually mean it. They believe that they regard the, the power of prayer as far more important than actual uh, rational thought. And wow. that's, uh, that's actually what Pombali is. That's his goal. Uh, and so he serves as a role model for uh, economic success through uh, secular thinking.
0: In a country like uh, Uganda, where not everybody's Christian. I mean, you have a fairly substantial Muslim community there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I know because Wambali told me that uh, they have Muslim children. Yeah, I mean, they have Muslim and Christian children. There are no, I mean, the vast, vast majority of, of kids, uh, or let's put it this way, of families uh, who who send their children to uh, his schools are religious many likely deeply religious, but they're sending mm-hmm. these kids to the schools. And the the advantage of a secular school system is that they don't have to worry about uh, a teacher rattling off some business about Ishmael and, and, and Islam, etc., which could very well not be correct or, 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 or exactly how, if you're a Muslim family, how you'd want your kid to learn about this necessarily, right? So... Mm-hmm. um So that would leave the, I mean, it's the beauty of of secularism that I think that perhaps even a lot of Canadians and Americans don't get is that, I mean, they can send their kids to these schools and then they can deal with their religious uh, upbringing of these children however they like, right? That's a whole separate topic as to whether or not you think that's good. But the thing is that it gives them that power. And meanwhile, the school can focus on teaching the kids actual, you know, science-based um uh facts or if you want to call it just just basic information and uh everybody wins. I mean, if the school, if if the Uganda were to adopt such a system as well, think of the savings because you wouldn't have uh for instance uh, Jewish families or or Muslim families or something demand everybody demanding their own school.
1: Yeah, uh, another thing uh I want to mention about the secular thing is something you've already mention which is the the whole anti gay thing in Uganda and that really stems from uh, that stems from the the christian churches uh it stems from i think uh, the Anglican archbishop something like this and but the Catholics are also really you know anti gay so um that's another reason um you know if the kids go to uh, wambali schools the secular schools they don't get that anti gay stuff preached at him and that's a you know that's that's wonderful I did find two other groups that were also uh gay friendly which is the unitarians a tiny group uh, in Uganda and there's also uh, a a very tiny uh Jewish population in uh, Uganda and they're also you know gay friendly yeah. but the humanists but the humanists are definitely you know they're 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 not persecuting gays, and that's a and that's a wonderful thing. And I and I've we also uh, have a lot of clinics and do a lot of support. I'd say about forty percent of Brighter Brains money goes to uh, orphanages and schools and clinics that are affiliated with religious organizations. But it's it, it's increasingly upsetting because it's it's uh, I, I don't like supporting schools that um, preach anti-gay information and I don't like, uh, supporting clinics that won't hand out condoms. So, um, we're trying to move away from that a bit.
0: I want to maybe put it into context here and say, I mean, let's say someone donated $20. What does that do? Like, what does that bring them? Because it's not only, you know, it's not only big donations of a thousand dollars plus you can donate five, 10, $20. And that makes a difference, right?
1: Oh yeah. Any, any amount makes a difference. Um, like right now at Cahandero, uh we've got all the, the major stuff funded. Like we've got three classrooms funded and we have the clinic funded. Uh, those are like, you know, those are big $1,000 items that you get your name on it. But that still leaves us like, uh, I think about $4,500 short. And so that's all going to be filled in with uh, $10, $20, you know, $50 increments of which... Uh, of, you know that's probably the bulk of what we get is is that kind. We have a we have a lot of contributors, um, who they just give. Uh, I have some people who have like that monthly installment thing where they just give me like twenty five dollars a month to go over there, which is actually really fun because the last time I went, I just took all these envelopes and I put I put all their money in these envelopes and then I handed it to Guanbali. So they could, have, they could have that transparency of seeing that their money you know, got directly handed to them. So that's great when people set up a monthly thing, or, or actually, any, any amount is fine. I think I have an offer. Anybody who gives about 40 dollars gets a Bazoha T-shirt that I'll mail to them anywhere in the world. Everybody who donates any amount at all gets Boammbali's ebook which is called uh, Orphans of Renzoria, Humanist Perspective. And it's a story of his life. He's actually, he was actually orphaned himself at the age of five. So he has quite a success story and also a lot of motivation to, to help kids that end up in the same predicament that he did. So, yeah, we, we, love, the, we love those small donations. And, and our original fundraiser uh, was through a Motherboard article written by Zoltan Istvan. And it raised, it raised about five thousand eight hundred dollars in um, twenty nine hours, and it was it was all small donations. It wasn't we didn't have anything super big set up, so it was it was all small donations, but you know a, just a lot of them, which is wonderful. And yeah. I, I try to I try to treat everybody who donates in the same way. Yeah, if we if you get ten, if you donate $10, you you know, you still you still get the ebook and the, and the thank you card and you're on the list where you're going to you know, you have access to all the inform- you know, what's going to be happening with the bazoha.
0: Yeah, this is fantastic because this will allow I mean anybody listening um any level can donate and just to again just to, I'll put the links on the actual show notes, but for those listening Where's the easiest way to start helping out these orphans or these 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 children in uh, Uganda?
1: Well, there's there's two places they can go. There's been a third website set up and that's actually got a lot of kahandero info. That third website is called africahumanist.org. So you can you can go there and you can click on a a donate button and you can you know, they've got all these categories like Twenty dollars for nails and twenty five dollars for a bag of cement and it's, other. It's you like know, you're
0: you can, have have a computer game or something and you're like building yeah, a house yeah, just, and just, you have just, to
1: just click them all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a place to donate to Cajandero. Uh, you can do that there. You can also go to bazoha. Uh, dot org and you can donate. You can donate there. Uh, that's that's the site that Chris has set up that is donating you know the vast majority of funds you can also just go to brighterbrains.org and there's donate buttons there so there's there's a lot of ways to do that Um, or you could email brighterbrainsinstitute at gmail.com and I can give you instructions there are, you know, if if somebody wants to just email me at brighterbrainsinfo.org, I can give them instructions and we can save, you know, two or three percent because when you go through these other sites, right, you're going right. through, you know, there's also GoFundMe. I think there must be about five different ways to donate by now. If you go through a GoFundMe, we lose 8.9 percent. If you go through the Squarespace setup, we probably lose two and a half percent. Right, exactly. Back, yeah.
0: So, so, yeah, so if you want to be like uh, uh, super efficient, then you could give, just give Hank a, an email and he'll be able to set you up.:
1: Yeah, you can mail a check-in too, and then there's,
0: <laughs> that's perfect. It, that's there's 100%. Not even a hundred percent
1: PayPal fee or anything, yeah.
0: yeah. so um Hank, thanks so much for being on the show and uh, looking forward to having more shows with you where we can uh, we can hear about the achievements that you guys make.
1: Well, thank you. And I will see you in uh, Montreal sometime. We'll get some food.
0: Yeah, poutine. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: Talk to you later.
0: up this episode. If you'd like to hear more like this, go to shareaslicepodcast.com. You can also catch us up on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Remember that music is by Chromatics and it's used with permission. You can check them out over at soundcloud.com. For this particular episode, additional music was donated by Hank Pelizier. Thanks so much and tally-ho.